Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. All right. Well, thanks for coming out today to Revolution. My name's Curtis. Uh, unfortunately, Jay and Caleb are both out of town. Uh, Jay is over in Belfast currently in Ireland at a event that's going on uh, with uh, Peter Rollins, his buddy, and Jay's going to be speaking there. Um, and Caleb is in Kentucky where he's visiting his family. So, uh, they asked me to, uh, chat with you guys today. It's my second time, uh, doing a talk in a church probably in about two decades. So, uh, be kind on me. Uh, I want to welcome my parents for coming out tonight. Uh, first time being here and, uh, it's really a privilege to have them. Uh, out. But today I wanted to chat a little bit about some current events that happened this last week. So uh, if you're a local and maybe not listening online, you obviously know that we had the President of the United States come to Minneapolis uh, just down the street this last Thursday. And uh, whether you like the guy or you dislike the guy, I think that it's universally agreed that he is a divisive figure. And uh, I did end up watching his entire talk that he gave on Thursday, uh, which I think was his second longest speech that he's ever given as president. So it was, it was a long one. But uh, within it, there was a lot of us versus them sort of rhetoric going on. Uh, and even before he got to town, that he was sort of sowing seeds of uh, discontent or <laughs> uh, he was definitely trying to pick fights, I guess, and pitting law enforcement against the city council specifically. Uh, he, in his speech, made some allusions to how the, the white population of Minneapolis uh, kind of is frustrated or dislikes uh, the Somali population. Um, obviously, there was the uh, red team versus blue team, Republican versus Democrat sort of dialogue that was happening. Um, I, I personally know people that are more on the, uh, or I guess affiliated with the Antifa group, the anti-fascist group, and they were definitely pitted against the people that believe in sort of the America first or the protect your borders, uh, sort of nationalist sort of people. There's also a dialogue in the speech about how legal residents are, uh, should be pitted up against illegal aliens. And there's even some chatter about, uh, how we as Christians or evangelicals, uh, should have some anim animosity towards people that are not of, the Christian faith. And I guess I just am frustrated at the fact that we have a leader that seems to uh, decide or seems to think that sowing division uh, between these different parts of our population is something that is beneficial, especially when this is his campaign rally for his next election. It seems to be something that is sort of uh, indicative of what he thinks will help him win the next election. And uh, personally, I do kind of lean 
on some issues more so to the right side of the political spectrum, but I definitely don't like this divisive sort of attitude that is uh, being perpetuated by the man in charge in our country. Um, Another thing that happened this week was that it was Yom Kippur, uh, which is uh, translated as the day to atone in the Jewish tradition. Um, And even amongst people that consider themselves like atheist Jews or reform, part of reform Judaism, uh, they uh, participate in this specific uh, holy day, I think more than any other day in the entire year. Uh, but specifically, uh, the the day or Yom Kippur starts started at sundown on Tuesday, and it went to nightfall on Wednesday. It's the completion of the high holy days or the days of awe. But uh, it was interesting to me because it's a time to amend one's behavior and to seek forgiveness for wrongs against God and against other humans. And uh, I thought that this was an interesting juxtaposition where we have on Tuesday, uh, High Holy Day, that's all about atonement and humility. And then two days later, we have uh, President Trump here and seemingly uh, deciding to try to sow more of a divisive message or a message of uh as it seems sort of prideful i guess i would say uh but i just wanted to uh when trying to think about what to speak about today i wanted to suggest that there's perhaps a a way in which the church could present an alternative path that's probably more so on the yom kippur side of things than the, or I mean, it definitely, my message is that you definitely should lean more on the Yom Kippur side of things than the uh, rhetoric that was being spoken of uh, on Thursday. Uh, and yeah, it also got me thinking uh, with Yom Kippur that perhaps there's some things that the church, the, the universal church or the lower C Catholic church could do to try to seek forgiveness uh, from the population at large. And specifically, I, I think that this is a pretty bold thing uh, to say, but on revolution.com, on our, on our website, there's a graphic uh, that says, as Christians, we're sorry for being self-righteous, judgmental bastards. And I guess that's uh, that was decided to be kind of a main sort of saying that we are putting out there or projecting as a church, uh, which uh, definitely has some interesting undertones. Obviously, it's cussing right on our front page, but I think that um, perhaps some cussing is required when the stakes are so high. Uh, but it reminded me, this this quote on our website and this idea of the church maybe being able to try to do some atonement, it reminded me of a story that was told in a book uh, called Blue Like Jazz. And I, I randomly ran across this author at a Christian music festival. He was giving a talk at a tent in, the, in a farm in Illinois. 
but as a cornerstone festival. I hadn't heard of the guy before I went into the tent, but he was talking about how he was a student and campus ministry leader at Reed College in, I believe, Bend, Oregon. Correct me if I'm wrong there. But uh, he saw an opportunity. There was a, a Renaissance festival that was going on on campus. And apparently the Renaissance festival is known to be a time when the security guards on campus keep the authorities at bay and sort of let all of the students just get drunk and get high and apparently sometimes get naked and kind of is a very liberal college and uh, this uh, campus ministry leader uh, Donald Miller decided that he was going to try to use this as an opportunity to try to engage with the students and he decided to put up a confessional booth at the Renaissance Festival and uh, obviously there was a lot of you know, atheists and liberals that saw the booth and were just offended at the fact that it even was sitting there in the first place. Uh, but when a couple of brave souls decided to go inside, instead of having someone sitting on the other side of the confessional booth asking, uh, you know, welcome, uh, please feel free to confess all of your sins, uh, the opposite happened, where the person on the other side of the confessional booth instead started reading off a list of things that the church has done that they were asking forgiveness of the person that walked in the booth about. And I think that that sort of reverse confessional uh, is a symbol of something that we ourselves as a church could uh, really learn from. But also I think that obviously we as human beings have a lot of different facets of our life. And maybe some of that is a political facet where maybe uh, the Democratic Party could have some sort of equivalent of a confessional booth where they could say sorry for things that they have done. Or the it'd be great if our national leaders were willing to go to the United Nations and instead of being arrogant and prideful, uh, would at least talk about some of the ways in which the United States has harmed the rest of the world. And I'm not saying that this is a a universal thing, that all Democrats or all Christians or all Americans are doing harm all the time. Uh, There's definitely uh, some sort of social justice warriors that would say, like, um, if you're a male or if you're white or if you're cisgendered, that you're always doing something wrong, even if you're not aware of it. I'm not trying to get at that. I'm saying that there's definitely times in which every single human being messes up and there should be rituals by which we as a society are able to ask atonement of one another and to do that publicly and privately in sort of a ritualistic setting. Uh, But yeah, I wanted to read a little bit from the Bible, um, specifically the letter to the Philippians that Paul wrote I'm going to start at Philippians 2, 1. Uh, And I'm overlapping a little bit from my last talk uh, with using this passage. But I think that's okay, because I think there's a lot to unpack with it. So the title of this is Unity Through Humility. Uh, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ 
any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and sympathetic? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one heart and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't live to make a good impression on others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't think about or sorry, don't think only about your own affairs, but be interested in others too and what they are doing. Uh, and yeah, there's a, a quote that I heard in a talk or a podcast I was listening to. Uh, Adam Curtis is a documentarian that I look up to quite a lot from the UK. And he was just talking a little bit about the modern man, about the modern mentality. And the quote that he said was, the most radical thing that a human being can do in the modern age is to decide to get on a bus, go to a war-torn country, help out the, the people in that population, and to not tweet or write a memoir or tell anybody that they did it. Uh, he, he says that the American mind, or the, uh, not American, but the common man's mentality right now seems to be all about leaving a good impression on other people. And that's kind of exactly the opposite of, or not a good impression. I don't know if that's necessarily the best thing, but uh, it's not about humility. When, when you're doing good actions, it seems like oftentimes those actions are done so that you can tell everyone on social media that you had done it. And to a large extent, that goes, that flies in the face of what's being asked uh, of the Philippians uh, by Paul in this letter. Uh, let me go on a little more here. So, verse 5, your attitude should be the same that Christ Jesus had. Though he was, though he was God, he did not demand and cling to his rights as God. He made himself nothing. He took the humble position of a slave and appeared in human form. And in human form, he obediently humbled himself even further by dying a criminal's death on a cross. And uh, I guess the convenient thing reading this, if we're trying to imitate Christ, is that we already are in human form. So we don't have to... Uh, devolve down into the human form. We have that covered already. Uh, but it seems to me that this passage is saying that God, through Christ, was setting a pattern by which we as the church, or perhaps all of humanity, universally, can try to follow. And that pattern uh, seems to be a movement of moving forward where you're not binding yourself to the things that have consistently divided humanity in the past. And you're not bound by the traditions, rules, and laws that have previously divided us. And it's also a pattern where the movement is down. Uh, in this case, uh, it's talking about moving from heaven and descending down to the earth. And specifically, 
It's, it talks about becoming Jesus becoming nothing, making himself nothing, uh, or emptying himself. And it seems like that's a pattern that universally we could all agree is, is probably the right path, but it's also not a very, uh, it's not a very good path to market, in my opinion. It doesn't seem like something that would go good on a commercial. Like, let's all descend downwards and try to uh, help the lower, you know, help the down and out. And, you know, perhaps we're not going to move back up, but this path downwards seems to me to be even though it's not very well marketable, it seems to be the path that we're being called to. Um, specifically, uh, this calls to mind a movie. It's actually my favorite movie that I've ever watched. It's called What Dreams May Come. It's with Robin Williams. And in the movie, Robin's wife uh, ends up dying uh, after being very depressed, for, or sorry, uh, Robin Williams' character himself ends up dying. Uh, he ends up going to what seems like a heaven situation. It's a little confusing because he ends up in his wife's paintings, so it's kind of hard to tell. But it, it definitely seems like he's going to heaven. But then his wife becomes very distraught. He's able to visit his wife as some sort of ghost figure, but his wife ends up uh, deciding to take her own life and and dies, and he finds this out that his wife has descended to the very lowest parts of hell, and so Robin Williams' character decides to take a similar path that Paul is asking the Philippians to take, in that he takes on the mind of Christ and decides to descend from heaven and goes through multiple layers of hell. And the whole time, he's being told by his uh, daughter who he meets up with. He's being told by the gatekeepers uh, at hell that, hey, if you keep going down this path, dude, you're, there isn't a path back up. It's a descent-only journey here. And nonetheless, uh, based on his love for his wife, Robin Williams decides to keep going and keep descending down and finally gets to the uh, doorway of the house and the, the lower levels of hell that his wife is in. And he's once again told, if you walk in this house, you're, you're not coming back. It's over for you. And uh, like any good Hollywood movie, um, he goes in there and, you know, it ends on a high note. Uh, the the wife and the husband end up waking up back in in heaven after he goes in there. Um, personally, I'm I'm more of an indie movie fan than a Hollywood ending movie fan. Where the indie movie, maybe they just go there and they both die forever and then don't wake up. Uh, but obviously, that wouldn't really sell that well, and it's not feel good. It leaves you with a sick feeling, perhaps, when you leave the movie theater and get bad reviews. But Nonetheless, um, you know, Jesus seems to have been setting a path, and uh, Jesus himself talks about this a little bit in Matthew 16. 
Uh, and this is right after uh, Simon Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, identifies Jesus as uh, Son of God. Jesus goes on to say, Now I say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And uh, another translation I I like a little bit better says, The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you lock on earth will be locked in heaven, and whatever you open on earth will be opened in heaven. And uh, I'm going to skip a little bit here, but uh, the narrator says, From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that he had to go to Jerusalem, and he told them, what would happen to him there? He would suffer at the hands of the leaders and the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. Jesus turned to Peter and said, well, sorry, uh, Peter says, heaven forbid, that's, uh, that's never going to happen to you. He's in denial. He's going the opposite direction of this path that Jesus is trying to lay out here. And uh, Jesus responds by saying, If any of you want to be my follower, you must put aside your selfish ambition, shoulder your cross, and follow me. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you want, but if you give up your life for me, you will find true life. And it... Uh, just makes me think about how often the the church and and other sort of uh, tribalistic entities have the potential within them to create walls, to create divisions, and how there is another path being outlined here, which is unity through humility, that we all can decide to take the path that Jesus did and descend down. And I guess from the current place that we're at, where we can't descend from heaven down to earth, uh, perhaps we should think about the opportunity that the church has to, to potentially descend down to hell. Because just as I outlined that Jesus said here, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And so if we're perhaps able to think about things in uh, metaphorical terms or maybe some sort of psychological terms, uh, there are people that are living in hell before they die. I think that that's, if you're willing to accept that we're talking metaphorically, I think that that's a premise that everyone can agree with, that there's people that have a mentality that they're in hell. They're in the depths of depression. Uh, Suicidal thoughts are uh, prevalent, and they're having a rough time. And often, we as the the church talk about uh, going upwards, about 
there's a tendency to try to upsell any sort of movement that we're part of, that we're potentially able to attain great heights and to uh, have material wealth or benefit if you join our flock or if you join our team, that there's a mutual aid or there's mutual beneficial things that can come out of becoming part of us. And this alternative path seems to say, well, how about you join our team because we're all going down and descending down together, that we're all being humble with ourselves and we're taking this path and this trajectory and moving down. And I think that... uh, If we had this mentality as a church, I I think that it could definitely permeate the culture at large. I think that there potentially could be a means by which, uh, you know, as an example, Republicans could say, join us. We're trying to help the down and out. Or Democrats can say, we're trying to help the lowest of the low, and we're not here to bring ourselves pride, to bring ourselves glory. And it it very much goes against the consumerist sort of mentality of our age where we're constantly being marketed to and to say that we're going to, you're able to find wholeness and completeness if you simply buy this product or if you adopt this mentality. If you're on our team, you know, we're going to win the big one. And uh, similar to the movie, uh, it seems like perhaps there's another option to say, join this team because we're descending down out of love and we're going to try to storm the gates of hell and reclaim it. Um, and yeah, I, I guess I do want to say as well on a personal note, and I think that Jay has done a great job and Caleb has done a great job specifically of being vulnerable and authentic on stage and and what they talk about. But uh, I, this last year, have had a a rough time doing this reconciliation thing, and I'm very happy to say that as of this last Monday, uh, just a couple days before Yom Kippur, I was able to reconnect with an old neighbor of mine that I hadn't chatted with for about a year now. But he was going through a really rough time, and I had just moved, so he wasn't my neighbor any longer. And I had a lot of other people in my life, in, including Jay, actually, that were, were also going through really difficult times. But I decided after I moved that I just didn't want to try to... Uh, I decided I didn't have the bandwidth to deal with his kind of extreme depression and 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 rough time that he was going through so i sort of just stopped talking to him and you know looking back i i regret that decision but we were able to reconnect and and chat on the phone and we're going to meet up uh, a couple days here um but yeah it just kind of consumed me a lot with a lot of uh guilt and um it was a, a big weight lifted off my shoulder when I 
decided to just pick up the phone and have a conversation with this guy instead of uh, continuing to, you know, not respond to his messages. But in some way, I feel like perhaps uh, metaphorically, I was stuck in sort of this more of a heaven sort of place. And I thought it was interesting that Jesus says that whatever you open on earth will be opened in heaven. And uh, if I was stuck in this heavenly mentality, perhaps there's ways in which the church or we as individuals can maybe go to the gates of heaven and unlock the gates and make it so people can descend down to earth and become a human being and and learn how to live imminently in the world and to engage with other human beings on a human basis instead of having a prideful, arrogant mentality that maybe mimics the way that we see God, where he's wholly transcendent, wholly other, is beyond these temporal issues that we're all going through, but instead we could have this mentality of Christ where we're trying to live imminently in the world, where we're not above anybody that's living alongside or living along with us. And I definitely know that perhaps it's a little bit difficult to wrap your head around these metaphorical concepts that I'm throwing out, but it I definitely have been reading a lot of philosophy and psychology lately. Uh, some making an attempt here to to kind of have more of a universal way of understanding this scripture because it seems like the culture at large very much needs some models and needs some templates and needs some narratives to help the culture at large come to a place where they're able to find some uh, ability to get rid of the pride and to increase the amount of unity through humility. Um, and yeah, I, I feel like in some ways, I, in this past year, have been attempting to do this same sort of pattern where I, I took a fairly long amount of time off of going to church. Uh, but I, this last summer... I guess the summer of last year, I decided to get re-engaged. And I think through the process of having a community of people that are all trying to seek this humble path, that I was able to learn once again some of the tools and the tricks in order to, to take this humble way instead of a way of pride that in the end is just all about self-serving and isn't about trying to look for the betterment of others. And and honestly, it's not just my re-engagement with the church that I've been attempting to become fully human and, and engage uh, as a human being imminently living in the world. I've, I've also taken steps to try to engage with people that I've historically seen as the other at, at one point in time in my life. And I've done a lot of flip-flopping, so uh, sometimes that means engaging with 
both sides of the the aisle uh, in the political realm where I'm dealing with Republicans, I'm dealing with Democrats, both of which groups I've had issues with in the past uh, with the ways in which I've, you know, projected that they're the bad guys. Um, But also I've had conversations with members of law enforcement, which I haven't done for a fairly long amount of time. Uh, running into them at the state capitol uh, and just ha- having a, a conversation one-on-one with these people, uh, with all of them, is, is something that I've learned is an amazing thing to do because it's so easy to put people in categories, to put people in boxes, and to say that just because you have X label, you're someone that I should not be engaging with in person. You're somebody that I should simply talk about behind your back on social media or amongst my friends and perpetuate rumors against them and not really get to know them on an individual level. And I just wonder if the people that went to the rally on Thursday, the protesters and the people inside of the stadium, if they were to get rid of all of the cultural signifiers, the, the hats that they were wearing or the, the hoodies that they had on, I wonder if they got rid of all of that and they just decided to, you know, come to a place like this or sit down for coffee at a coffee shop and have a conversation that wasn't about or focused on their differences but instead was focused on who they were as human beings, you know, talk about each other's children, uh, have a laugh. I I just wonder if that's perhaps a, a method by which we could get rid of, rid of some of this divisiveness. And um, and yeah, that's that's all I have for you today. I I realized that after listening to my last talk online that I had spoke for an insanely long amount of time. So I'm intentionally trying to go a little bit shorter today. But, uh, but yeah, I'm going to open up the floor now, uh, for Afterglow and, um, and yeah, I should say as well, if anyone is interested, uh, this is a nonprofit revolution church is a nonprofit organization. Uh, if you want to donate, uh, please do so at revolutionchurch.com. Uh, or if you're here, you're welcome to to hand me a donation and I'll give it to Jay. But um, yeah, I really appreciate everyone listening. And my assumption is that since the chat was a little short, uh, we're going to not uh, cut this specific episode into two parts that we're going to keep it into one. So I'm not going to do the, the outtake quite yet. But I'm going to pass a, a microphone to the crowd and see if anyone has any anything they want to say. I just want to thank you, Kurt, because that is really, um, I think, the crux of of our country and uh, how we tend to look at everything that's not alike instead of everything that's the same. And and my belief is that we all need the same things, love, forgiveness, and grace. And we as the church sometimes fail that. So I like that confessional thing. Wow, wouldn't that be powerful to have that on a corner? And have people come in and hear that. Um, 
And just for us to start that, you know, start apologizing to, to people who disagree with this and say, hey, you know, the church hasn't been or I haven't been or whatever, but powerful, powerful thinking. And uh, just the thought of, um, of how I didn't know that side of you. And I should. You know, just the power of conversation and uh, how we need to do, do more of that. So thank you for opening my heart and my eyes. Well, I, I certainly, and Kurt, you know me, obviously. I, uh, I've been across the spectrum, um, mostly to the far right for many, many years as a pastor. And this whole notion, it just resonated. I, I heard you say things that resonated with my heart where I'm at now. And this idea of throwing stones over to one side or the other uh, never works. I've tried to whittle down a lot of theology and a lot of training and a lot of schooling and all that into the simplicity of if we could just love God, love other people, and act like Jesus, uh, that takes care of that. We, we over-complicate uh, this thing called faith and what it looks like not just what we believe, but what it looks like and how it lays itself out in, in our day in and day out life of them, instead of a them and us or me and you mentality, mm-hmm. uh, this, this humanity kind of thing is really important. And, and all sides are guilty. All people are guilty, no matter uh, where you fall on the, the faith spectrum or the political spectrum, but this idea of just wanting to love God, love other people, and try to act like Jesus. And, and if, to me, that's a full plate. I can make a lot of other things, uh, throw in a whole lot of other things that make that way more complicated, but to keep that as simple as possible and live that out is, uh, it's been freeing for me, having come from uh, pretty far right. It's been freeing for us as we, we did ministry to people who were broken and hurting and imperfect and and crazy, and so are we. <laughs> we're, we fall into that same category, that we're, none of us is perfect. But to be able to, to put down your pride and your ego and, and be humble. So I appreciate the way you um, shared that. Cool. Did you have anything? Cool. Well, um... Thank you, everyone, for uh, listening to Revolution Church. I believe that Jay's going to be gone again next week. I, I assume that Caleb's going to be chatting, so tune in for that. But, uh, yeah, we always appreciate you listening, and we're looking forward to continuing to have more dialogue with you in the future. So thanks for coming out, and hope you have a great rest of your Sunday. We'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website.